0: Hey, I just took a big swig of wine, so I'm definitely ready for this podcast. This episode is all about the reality of sexual assault, especially on college campuses. I really wanted to do this one. I've been looking forward to this for months, you guys, like ever since I started Into the Bushes, I told my roommate told everybody, I wrote it down, I said, I am doing this podcast because this one is extremely personal to me and it's really important that I share the information that I've seen and that I've gained over my five years on my college campus. Hello and welcome to Into the Bushes. My name is Emily Jones. I am going on being six years of a college student, and I created Into the Bushes to share my experiences with other women and people of all walks of life who might take something away from what I have to say, because there are many taboo conversations that happen in our society, many about well-being and sex and relationships. So I want to stop beating around the bush and get straight to the point with these types of topics, because personally, I have no concept of TMI, So I hope you're ready to learn something, grab your favorite glass of wine and sit back and let's just have a conversation. So clearly this episode is going to be a bit more emotional and personal than some of the other episodes that I've done. And that's okay with me. I want you to know that I'm not over here, you know, really hurting by any means. It has taken me a lot of healing and time to talk about this subject is on a platform where I don't hear any feedback or commentary from people. I'm just you know, sitting alone in my living room talking to myself with my glass of wine and my two cats are trying their best to not be fucking crackheads. But all jokes aside, I am not trying to scare anybody by any means. My main goal is As a podcaster in general and just as a human is to educate the general public and especially those of you who have taken the time out of your day to listen to this episode, I really appreciate you and I am hoping that you gain some insight from my stories. Like I said, don't want to scare you. I just want to bring light to the situation that sexual assault does happen Way more than our society says it does, and I think that is just blasphemy. So, I'm just gonna sit here (laughs) as my cat meows in the background and tell my story. You know, whether or not you personally have encountered or witnessed any degree of sexual assault in your life, I firmly believe in education of the people. Say, for example, Okay, I do not really care if people are pro-choice or pro-life. What I care about is what they do with that opinion and how they project it to the public. I don't agree with people who are pro-life going on Facebook and blasting their opinions out because I've seen an abortion happen, not mine, I was there in support of someone else, but I understand that they are needed. Would I want to put myself in a situation where that happens? No. Does anyone who needs an abortion put themselves in that situation on purpose? God, no. But my point being, whether this happens, whether you believe in it, whether you think that it's a hoax or it doesn't happen, I am simply here to tell you what my story is and what I've witnessed and the facts that I have learned You can take that with a grain of salt, take it as you will, but this is my story. We're gonna start off by rewinding about five years to my freshman year of college. I lived in a dorm where the entire building had an elevator through the middle of it and on each side of the elevator there was a hall for women and a hall for men. We were on the same floor so it was a co-ed dorm, but Each separate hall was segregated by sex. Personally, I really enjoyed it. Didn't have to deal with the men's gross-ass, sock-ass smelling rooms. It smelled like a freaking wax burner all the time in my hallway, and it was lovely. But that's not the point. My point is that throughout that year, 40% of my dorm hall, just on my floor, that half of one floor in my dorm hall that had 12 floors, I was on number six. 40% of those women, including myself, had been sexually assaulted in that year. And let me also mention that if you have been a victim of sexual assault, I am very, very glad that you're here. I stand with you, I believe in your story, and I hope, I hope from the bottom of my heart that you gain some sort of community or peace from this podcast episode. It took me, I'm still healing from my personal stories. And I know that it takes years to recover from an incident like this. So don't degrade yourself if you are a victim. Don't tell yourself that your story isn't worth sharing or anything along those lines, because it really is like the best way... I believe in learning is to teach other people so that's why I'm here wine drunk telling you what happened to me and what happened to some of my friends without unveiling their confidentiality I will just kind of touch very lightly on their stories so personally I have been a victim of sexual assault twice in my life both times happened my freshman year of college Now, I know there are some people out there who truly believe that what you're wearing or how you're acting leads to sexual assault. Negative. Don't believe any of that bullshit. Don't believe that yourself. It is purely on the assaulter. None of this is your fault, like you did not put yourself in this situation, you are not asking for it, because when it becomes sexual assault is when you have no capacity to say no, whether that be you're inebriated, drugged, asleep, etc. If there is no consent, no obvious physical or verbal consent, it is sexual assault. Now please don't go running through your bank anxiously thinking about, oh my gosh, did I actually want that sex? Like please don't do that. Like if you have been sexually assaulted, trust me, you know, and my heart goes deeply out to you. So to be completely candid, I am not 100% sure which event transpired before the other, but I'm pretty sure I do know. Only reason it matters is for storytelling sake. So I'm just going to go with my gut. No names will be used for obvious confidentiality. I've had a little too much wine. Confidentiality reasons. The first event when it happened, I went out to a frat party with about five of my girlfriends, all of whom I was pretty close with, and we were meeting up with some of our friends at this certain fraternity. One of whom I had grown close with during my summer orientation. Uh, They require it here at my university before you become a freshman in the summer. They ask you to come to the university, blah, 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 icebreakers, blah, 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 boring and stupid hot. Um, Anywho, we got there and our underage asses went to his room and started drinking like a half G of vodka. You know, looking back on it, my 18 year old, oh my Lord, I really hope, I just hope that Anyone under 18 listening to this, like, please do not black out before you're 21. Like, that's, it's not a good feeling and it's not a good look, but that's my personal opinion. But <laughs> anyway, what ended up happening is all my girlfriends went to go drink and I was just talking with my friend from so- summer orientation and they're like, oh, come dance with us. And I was like, no, no, no it's fine. Like, I'm just catching up with him. And so they left. And this guy was like, hey, it's kind of loud in here. Like, do you want to go down the hallway a bit? Sure. My naive ass went down the hallway a little bit. And then I think mid-sentence, he just ended up kissing me and we started making it out. Next thing I know, like I'm looking over his shoulder and some of his frat brothers were recording and laughing and he got a little uncomfortable and I was like, can we just go to the study room? Like, I feel like we're kind of on display, which we were, you dumb... (sighs) Anyway, so we went to the study room. If you don't know what that is at a frat house, it's just a room that is never used. It's full of desks where they're supposed to study and they don't. Um, So for obvious reasons, no one was in there. We were just in there talking, whatever. And then he pulls me onto his lap. He was in this like swivel office chair. And my cat just knocked something off my desk. Thank you very much. Um, That is my planner. That is secret, Oliver. He pulls me onto his lap and fine. We're just talking. Clearly he's into me. I'm kind of learning this as I go. And then he starts to touch me around. There goes my planner again. All right. You know what? Your privileges are revoked and I'm putting it over here. I'm trying to tell a serious story, Oliver. Don't look at me like that. So he starts to touch me around my hips. And then his hand kind of slides towards my inner thigh. And I just sit back up off him standing up. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that right now. And he's like, okay, okay. So then he's just like, well, like, you obviously have a great body. Like, why don't you show it off? And I was like, I, I'm just not in the mood tonight. Like, I don't want to do that, especially with you. I was not attracted to this guy. Like, the fact that I even kissed him goes to show how drunk I already was in this situation because obviously my decision making was impaired oh my lord uh anywho so i was standing up he was still sitting down and i said you know what i want to go dance with my friends and he was like okay so i start walking towards the door he goes around the other side of the desks where i don't see him meets me at the door before i can get there and mind you this guy is big like Over 200 pounds big and I am currently 5'2 on a good day and about, you know, I'm not going to say my weight because that don't matter. Mind you, I am small and this man is big. He is holding the door closed with his entire body weight just leaning into it. Obviously, I can't get out. I start to panic a little bit. So I run back towards the chair where he meets me and I run to the door and try again. Again, he's there, beats me to it, leaning against the door, slams it shut. I can't pull it open. I start to freak out and hyperventilate a little bit. So quickly, I realized that the only way that I could see myself in that moment of getting out of there is to tease him a little bit. So I'm like, okay, you know what? You go sit in the chair, I'm going to give you a strip tease. And he was like, obviously, thinking with his dick, because he's a male, he's like, ooh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to go sit over there. So he sits down in the chair. I kind of walk over around the other side of the desk. I'm like, you know, doing my little burlesque poses. And I'm just like, ooh, ooh, look at me in my Hollister jeans. And I slowly pull my pants down. I'm like, look at me go. I was feeling myself for a bit, also drunk off of vodka. So, again my decision-making impaired. So I turn around and kind of do that thing where you like slip your jeans down your butt a little bit. I'm literally doing these motions as I'm recording this in my empty ass living room and my cats are like, what the fuck? Uh, My underwear starts poking out. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, he's definitely into this because he's a male with a penis, right? So i look over at him and i start like sauntering towards him and like start lifting my shirt up i don't all the way you know i'm like probably around my belly button or so and then i bolt it i turn around pull my pants up as i'm running and just swing open that door and i'm out and i like my friends are out there and they're just like oh my god like are you okay like where did you go i'm like bitches we gotta go we gotta move i don't feel safe here we gotta we gotta go home i'm done so we start leaving and this guy comes running after us and tries to grab my arm. God bless my friends. They turn around and they're like, what are you doing? Why are you grabbing her? Like back the fuck off, like stop it. So he does for a bit, we start walking. About two minutes later, we realize that he's following us. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, we get all the way to my dorm, still following us. This was probably 10 to 15 minute walk that he followed us there. And then when we're at the front door, He grabs my arm again, and I was at the back of the group, stupidly. Why was I not walking in the front where they could all see me? And they thought I was with them, so they start entering the dorm. They have a key, and I do not. So I'm waiting on them to let me in, and he's grabbing me, and he spins me around, and he's like, like, I don't want to let you go. Blah, blah. I don't want this night to be over. I'm like, N- uh, it is over and I want to go to bed. I want to go inside. I don't like you right now. I don't trust you right now. He's like, I'll let you go and you give me a kiss. What? I don't even want to kiss you. Mind you, a cold walk home sobers you up real quick. So this man is looking like a beat up baseball to me right now. And he's asking me to make out with him. Hmm, which, uh, no, thank you. But again, I realized that the only way I can get out of this situation in that instant is to give him what he wants. And that, my friends, is the fucking kicker. That is the most shitty realization that a woman can come to. Because, yes, my friends could have run out. But again, this man is like three to four times my size. And also my friends are little. So we're not really at the advantage here. So I was like, oh, fine. Turn around, give him a quick kiss, run inside. And that was that night. The next morning when my brain has had a little bit more time to absorb some blessed H2O and reflect on what the hell happened. I'm swearing a lot in this episode. I'm very sorry. And, you know, my wine glass is almost gone. So (laughs) clearly we have a culprit. Anyway, I am sobering up. 18-year-old me is sobering up, coming to the harsh reality of what happened the night before. I'm struggling with this, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, was I in the wrong? Was I putting out signs? Did I do that strip tease to only make him think that I wanted him more? I was asking me all these questions. Then looking back on, they were stupid questions, because women... Your pussy and your uterus is the most phenomenal thing on this earth. We can make life inside of our bodies. If a man wants to take advantage of that, they are the scummiest scum out there. I don't wish for them to die. I don't wish for anybody to die. But I do wish them to stub their toe really, really hard when their toenails a little too short And the table legs are made out of metal, and they don't see it coming. And then it just really fucking hurts. To be honest with you, weeks go by. Approximately a month and a half goes by of me contemplating what happened, who was in the wrong, did I do something to make it happen, etc. Before I decide to message him, and I say, you know what? That wasn't okay. Okay. You were my friend. I trusted you. Why would you do that? You should know that's not okay. And I basically sent him a message that said that. And he replies with that He was too drunk, didn't understand. He's truly sorry, blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, I do understand that some people are generally too inebriated to actually know what decisions they're making, myself included. But (laughs) as an adult, guys, like if you're 18 or over, you gotta know that something is not right so you know i replied with i can't forgive this i don't ever want to see you or speak to you again unfollowed him on everything and that was that around the same time in the semester of our freshman year at college similar events had been transpiring with some of my hallmates look at me using big words while i'm slightly tipsy gotta love it gotta love it some of my hallmates after i voiced what happened to me started coming to my room i i am a very open person and i mean that very literally i had my door open to my dorm room 24 7. it did help that my roommate moved out halfway through the semester and i got the room to myself miss her so much ashley if you're listening to this i love you and i miss you and i promise to visit you soon but my homemates started saying you know what This isn't right. That has happened to me before to some degree and this needs to be spoken about. This can't just keep happening. Fast forward a couple months and guess what? Similar thing ends up happening to me but even more serious. Not okay, not okay, not okay. My friends from the other side of the state were visiting and Of course, me being at a party school, I wanted to show them how crazy we can get at this university. So, we go out. And to be honest with you, again, inebriated, don't completely, clearly remember the steps of this night. Uh, So, I often forget this with a similar story where I was not sexually assaulted. But I do want to include this story. Let me, let me start with a statistic. Statist- statistic. One in 13 people at a university reported, just people who reported it, they're not even reaching the people who don't want to talk about it, have reported being drugged during their time at a university. One in 13. What? I am part of that one of 13 I went to a party with some of my friends, again, as it always starts, and I was just having a conversation to the side with my girlfriends who had already gotten their drink. I don't know why in God's name I trusted this to begin with, but at this particular frat house, they have you line up and they pour you a drink of what they call jungle juice. If you know, you know. Like I said, my friends had already gotten their cups. They were to the side. I was the next in line. I was talking to them. Wasn't paying any mind to what this guy behind the bar was doing. Grabbed my cup, just started drinking it. It was really good because it's freaking jungle juice and it tastes like juice. And they like, there's nothing in it. It tastes like a liquefied starburst. I need to sit down. I need some water to be honest with you. Whew. So we start dancing. Everything's fine. We leave that house. We go to another house. We get up to their third floor. Their third floor has a dance floor with cages. If you're not familiar, it's like a raised dance floor with a thinner degree with bars, like literal cages, like a a strip club. Because who else at 18, you know, wants to feel like a stripper and not get paid for it? I kid you not like I was in that cage for maybe six seconds and I looked at my friends. I said, oh, no, I got to go outside. I get outside, sit down on the bench and like I don't start hurling. I just sit there. I can't move all of a sudden if I start to move, I feel like my body is turning itself inside out. You know, when in high school, people would turtle your backpacks, like, is that still a thing? Or is that just like our generation thing? And people are like, now high school are like, they were so stupid back then. There's like another stupid trend. Anyway, That's just me sidebarring. But anyway, I'm out here just uh, trying not to die. And the president of this other house comes out and he says, we got to get you out of here. You can't just be on our front yard looking like you're going to die. Thankfully, these guys at this house took me inside and gave me a hoodie, made sure I was warm because I was shaking at this point, put me over a trash can, had me sit there and called all my friends for me to come pick me up, the ones who had a car. They were really sweet. Now, the reason that I get confused with that night and the other night, is that both of these events transpired at the same frat house. One night, that first night, I had a relatively good experience. They took care of me. They took me under their wing. None of them were creepy or tried to pass themselves on me or anything like that. They gave me their sweatshirts and blankets. I didn't get to take one home, sadly, because guys' sweatshirts are so nice. But, you know, overall, good experience. I was having a bad night, and they took care of me, and my cat is trying to get in the cupboards. Please stop and leave the kitchen. So, yes, the reason I get confused is that this happened at the same location. This other night was much more scarring to my current mental well-being, and you'll find out quickly. So, this other night, I think I mentioned this. My friends from the other side side, holy, holy, the side of the state were visiting, and I was showing them a good time. We went to a triad, which if you don't know what that is, it's when three frat houses get together and throw this giant banger, and they're just like, yeah, dudes, so many dudes, and they're just trying to pick up chicks, and they're all getting drunk at the same time, and it's really sloppy, and it's just a mess. So, moral of the story, a ton of people in this house. We're in, like, the main room where they've got ping-pong tables. It attaches to the outside where they've got another dance floor because it's freaking hot. It's—I don't remember what month it was. Try to block that out of my memory. Uh, but I was already—me being small and a lightweight, I was already past the point of no return. So my friends kind of just, like, shove me on this couch, whatever, I'm sitting with one of them. And then there's this, like, random guy next to me, whatever— we're just watching people play ping-pong, and I'm like, oh, this is nice, like, I'm just hanging out, and then my friend gets up to leave to play ping-pong with the champs, you know, like, next round, I call it, and whatever, next thing I know, like, they all want to go dance, because they're doing fine, I am not, and I was like, I don't want to leave, like, I don't want you guys to leave me, so this one friend, who I am not friends with anymore, picks me up and puts me on the guy's lap, he's like, here you go, like, You can have someone to talk to, and they're like, "What's your name?" Again, I won't say his name for confidentiality. But that—that was that. I was just kind of sitting on this dude's lap, and I didn't really want to move because when you're drunk, you don't want to move. Like you want to move as little as possible. And this guy's just like, "Oh, like I'm glad you're here. Like whatever." He's like, "You want to go upstairs?" I didn't know this guy did not belong to this frat. Like I said, it's a triad, so he's not even part of the house. He's just there for the party. I was like, yeah, sure, like, whatever. Grabs my hand, we start walking upstairs, we're going down these hallways, and I remember distinctively, like, a couple guys that I recognized from the previous night, you know, like, okay, not the night before when I was, you know, drugged, but, like, that other event. Like, I recognized some guys from the house, and they were like, hey, man, you can't be up here, like, you're not part of the house, like, it's kind of weird, blah, blah, whatever, and they're like, where are you taking her, blah, 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 because... Like I said, hot day. This same house who has the cages, that's all the way on the top floor. They're not going to be up there. Heat rises. That's stupid. Everybody's going to sweat and no one's going to want to be there. So they're all outside downstairs, etc. So eventually this guy takes me all the way to the top floor, like I said, where nobody is. And when you go up the stairs to the left, there's this room with all the cages and the bar and etc. To the right. There's another bar, but it's definitely a less populated room when it was, like, party central up there. But at the other end of this room is a stage. And on the stage, there's a stripper pool. And listen, 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 listen. I'm a white girl, and I was at the time drunk. If I see a stripper pool, I, I want to spin around it. It's instinct, Okay. Okay, it's not my fault. Um, So I get up there. I'm just like, woohoo, doing my thing. I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then there's, like, a few guys trickling in, like, oh, something's happening up here. And they're just, like, behind the bar or whatever. And then this guy's, like, starting to kind of, like, come up behind me and, like, dance with me. And his hands start, like, you know, trickling around my, like, uh, waistline, like, where my, my pants, the top of my pants are. And next thing I know, like, his hand's kind of going down the front of it. And I'm just like, oh, whatever, whatever. Again, I am extremely inebriated. I have no physical or mental control to stop what's happening or, honest to God, have a clue what's really going on in the moment. I, like, looking back, I don't remember really having control of what my body was doing after the fact. I was definitely like, whoa, that wasn't good. <clears throat> so it gets worse, <laughs> we're up there, whatever, hands on my pants, and then he turns around, and he's like, you should, uh, you should, you know when, like, douchey guys do that, they're just, like, pointing down, they're like, yeah, yeah, uh, so he, like, pulls his pants down, and I get on my knees, some guy comes through the doorway, and he's like, hey, you guys shouldn't be in here, and this guy's like, yeah, fuck off, whatever, like, it's, it's, it's okay, so this guy leaves, Next thing I know, like I, to this day, do not really understand what happened in between. Uh, I was flipped over on the stage. My belly was on the stage floor, which, oh, Lord, I can't imagine how much bacteria was on that. And he was having sex with me from behind. I don't know how long this went on for. I know that he didn't have time to finish. But I do remember someone yelling at us, looking back there were at least four guys in the doorway. One of them had a phone and was filming it. The other three were kind of unsure about what was actually going on. And one of them said, hey, you need to get out. Cops are here. You need to leave. So quickly, whatever, he's like, okay, okay. Like we both pull our pants up and like rush out of there. I go down the few flights of stairs and I find my friend, and she's she's a bigger friend like i'm not saying she's like overweight or anything like that like she is she is strong motherfucker and she sees me coming down the stairs with this guy and knows that something bad went down doesn't entirely know what but she knows that something went wrong and i really had no idea so i was like whatever we got to go cops are here so she kind of, like, makes eye contact with this guy, and she really wants to punch him. And then my friends from the other side, side of the state are like, whoa, whoa, and, like, hold her back. And, like, we just go, and then their friend picks us up in the car, and we, like, zoom off, whatever. And they're just like, hey, hey, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. Very drunk. Me, I was very drunk. Oh, my Lord. I, I could barely talk. I was like, I just want to go home. We get back to the dorm hall, and I'm just, like, on the floor of the bathroom, like, throwing up, you know, as— freshmen do and just purging out the worst just like whatever it wasn't until about it was probably between three or four that morning I couldn't sleep and I woke up and I like could tell that something was wrong in my southern region where my beautiful valuable uterus lay and I was like, man, like rolled over and like talked to my friend. And I was like, something's not right. So they all uh, ended up waking up and we kind of started to piece this together. And I was like, oh, shit, something really bad went down. And I don't know what to do about it. I'll fast forward through these other parts. But basically what happened is I realized who had done it and that I actually knew him prior to that. I found him on social media and had a better understanding of what you looked like, etc. I thought about contacting him, but I truly didn't know how to. It wasn't until another night that I was out on the row, as we call it, and I bumped into him. And he seemed like everything was normal. He was just like, oh, hey, like, I've been trying to find you, blah, blah, and asked for my phone number. It was not until that moment that I saw his face, talked to him, heard his voice, that I truly had an understanding of what happened and that night was one of the most emotional nights of my college time I don't want to say career that doesn't sound right right after that happened I didn't end up giving my phone number I'm pretty sure I just started running in the opposite direction I ran to one of my guy friend's apartments and I get there and bless this man's heart like he was so used to me just kind of like running in and like crying about what had happened um I used to be in love with him that's a long story uh, so I sit down and I like, I'm trying to tell him what happened, but I'm like blabbering. like <laughs> He's like, Emily, slow down. I'm like, what are you talking about? After I finally am able to tell him, he says, well, have you talked to anybody about it? I'm like, no, like I just realized what happened. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what to do about this. Like this is the first time this has happened in this severity, like all this stuff. And all of a sudden this other event comes up in my mind and I'm just like, why is this happening to me? Like, is my body cursed? Am I cursed? What am I doing wrong? I'm a slut, etc. All these thoughts are just going around and around and around in my head. And he had no support for me. He just said, well, I don't know what to tell you. Like you should just talk to the president. Um, again, I really don't know what to do. Like, what woman knows what to do? This is why we need to be educated. I go back to my dorm, kind of discouraged. Like, what the heck happened? I'm finally coming to terms with what I do know. Couple, two weeks later, one of my guy friends messages me. He's in the same fraternity house as the guy who assaulted me. He says, hey, I have this video of you. Like, what do you, what do you mean you have a video of me? He's like, uh, like the only reason I know it's you, like you can't tell it's you, but like I know because long story short, we used to hook up like he's he's a pretty good guy. I'm not going I'm not going to bag on him too much. But I said, what? You have a video of me? What? He's like, here, I'll come over, I'll show you. He doesn't want to send it to me, because that's kind of weird to send that, you know, over the internet where it could uh, be pulled out or whatever. He comes over and he shows me, and good lord, that's me bent over a stage with someone I don't know, and I'm completely intoxicated. It was a shock. Part of me felt peace in knowing that you couldn't tell it was me, because you could never see my face, and my hair was kind of pushed to the side, and... Since I was bent over, you can't really tell what my height is. but The other part of me felt extremely violated. This is out there? I was like, where, where did you get this? Apparently, it had been posted to Facebook fraternity pages. Thankfully, after a few days, it was taken down after someone had a moral compass to say, hey, this isn't right to have up on our page. Yeah, no shit, Chad. To fast forward again, I, to this day, don't know where this video is or if anyone even has it anymore. Uh, A couple years ago, probably two years after the incident happened, I woke up in the middle of the night in like a panic sweat crying and I called this guy friend up and I said, hey, do you still have this video? He's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, do you still have that video? Do you know who has it? And I'm on this spiral and I'm like, I need to know who has it and I need them to take it down. He said, calm down, Emily. No one has it. Like, I haven't seen it. Like, you just need to calm down. Like, just go back to sleep. I'm like, fucking easy for you to say. Like, that's what really pisses me off is that guys just have no understanding of the severity of sexual assault, especially at college campuses. But at the very least, I can do my part in educating other women because this is extremely prevalent. Okay? On average, the women girl squad if you will, is from three to six girlfriends, girlfriends, uh, yeah, one in five people in their lifetime will be sexually assaulted to some degree. That means that on average, if you look at your girl squad or your family, on average, there's probably about five people there. One of those people may very likely have been sexually assaulted. And that's why it's extremely important to talk about this subject and make sure that everybody is being heard and that their story is not being invalidated by anyone, whether it be the person who assaulted them or someone else in their life that they told. Their story is not invalid. Your story is not invalid. If you are listening to this podcast, I guarantee you three to four people at the very least who are listening to this in some time have been sexually assaulted because on average, I have about... At the low end, 25 to up to 75 people listening to each of my episodes so far. You break that down, divided by five. That's a lot of people. And I guarantee you, some of you listening right now have been affected very personally by this. And I am truly sorry for that and that it happened to you. But please know that you're strong and we're all able to get through this. Because if there's one thing that life has really taught me, it's that women are superior beings and men are truly pussies, even though they don't have one. So they have no excuse. <clears throat> so I also wanted to talk about, I know this is a longer podcast, but again, like I said, I had wine and I have a lot of stories to tell. And I won't even get into the nitty gritty of uh, the people on my hallway and how they tried to go to the cops and that didn't work because no one believed them. <laughs> I won't get into that because we simply don't have time, but I do want to touch on the healing aspect aspect, and kind of what happened afterwards. So I didn't really realize how much these incidents would affect my daily and uh, relationship life until uh, one of my partners was on top of me, not really sexually. We were just kind of wrestling around and whatever. It was cute. The point is that it was cute, and I was happy. I was laughing, but all of a sudden, I froze, and I got mad, and I looked at him, and I felt trapped. I felt like I couldn't get out. His arms were strong, and they were on top of me, and that's all I knew, and I said, you need to get off, and I start kicking, and I start crying. I can't control these emotions. It was just voluntary. My body took over and said, fight or flight, bitch. To this day, five years later, in my current very loving relationship, my boyfriend has never done me wrong. He has never, God, assaulted me or anything like that. He is the most loving, patient, quirky. Oh, man, I just love this guy. Um He has never given me a reason to not trust him or make me feel unsafe. But instinctually, there are certain times... Where, again, if we're wrestling or anything like that, or there have been a few times where we're engaging in sexual activity and he's on top and I freak out. And I feel like I can't get out of all of a sudden. And I instinctually go into my fight or flight. I start kicking. I start crying. I don't know how to get out. I'm just freaking out. I'm hyperventilating. It happens. And I feel really bad when it does. And I shouldn't feel really bad when it does. Because these things happened to me. They happened to my body. And they were serious. They were never reported, but they happened. And I'm sharing my story now because cops don't believe us. No one believes us. And that's the truth of it. So that's why I encourage you, if you're a victim, to tell your story Make it known we need to make this in a way normalized, but also not normalized. We need to make people realize that these are real stories. These women are not lying. Men are pigs at times, and they have no control. We are in situations where we have no control. We've been pushed down, we've been bent over for reasons that we aren't even sure about, and we didn't even consent to. And in saying that, I am not dismissive to the fact that females have sexually assaulted men, or that females have sexually assaulted females, or males have sexually assaulted males. It happens. I am just talking from my point of view where, predominantly, the male sexually assaults the female, and it is not right, and we are not heard. But we can heal. It has taken me years and it is still taking time. I don't know how long it will take. I assume however long it will take for me to have a sense of security and heightened trust for my current partner. And that's okay. He understands that. The point is that you can be around people who understand that. It's painful. And there are nights that I still wake up crying and I still have anxiety about it. And that's normal and that's okay. If you've been a victim of this, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, I hope you understand what happens in these women's brains, in these people's brains, when something like this happens, and then it doesn't go away after two years. This is something that stays with you for four or five years plus. That's kind of the point I'm at right now. I don't know how long this is going to stick around. I don't know how long it's going to take to heal, but I know it will. One of the side effects that I noticed, uh, about two years after both of these incidents happened is that I had what they call a hoe phase. I started kind of throwing my body about because these situations for a moment scared me. Anytime I tried to engage in sexual activity, it scared me. I was held back. And then I remembered that I'm a fucking woman and I have a uterus and I control it. And I went out and said, I want to, I want to be with you. And I made the moves. I wasn't sexually assaulting anybody, just as a disclaimer. It was very consensual. I was just, you know, you walk up to a guy and say you want to have sex, the likelihood of them saying yes is like 11 out of 10. But my point being that I found a way of coping with having more sexual activity. For other people, that's not going to be the case. Some people don't ever want to have it again. And that's fine. Some people want even rougher sexual activity. And that's fine. Some people who used to like it really rough now like it very minimalistic and very aggressive free. And that's also fine. However, they or you need to cope is fine. Don't let anyone tell you that you are coping in a wrong way or that it's different. It's your life. You know exactly what happened to you to a degree because if you were inebriated, I, I understand that you might not know. There are certain parts that are still blacked out of my memory that I may never know. But I want you all to know as listeners to this very long and emotional podcast and extremely personal and I am wine drunk that this happens and If you know someone that this has happened to, reach out to them and encourage them to talk about it. Because the first few times that I talked about what had happened to me, I couldn't get through my stories without talking. And today, I got through both. Yes, I had a little help from my wine glass, but I got through it. And someday you will too, and it will be a great, peaceful feeling. And you can use that platform, and you can use that strength to tell other people that this has happened. And what you'll find is that this community is larger than you think. More people that you know that you thought have been sexually assaulted too. You will find a shoulder to lean on. You will find people to relate to in a very painful way. And even if you haven't been sexually assaulted yourself... Still ask your friends about it. Still bring it up on girls' night or one-on-one, whatever it may be. Encourage them to talk about it and be that friend for them because you might just create a greater bond with that person in that moment. In them understanding that you hear them and you believe them, that might be the first time that it happens. Trust me on this and just believe in yourself. Believe in your fellow women your fellow people and make sure that they know that whatever they need to do to get through this emotionally or physically or whatever if they want to go to a freaking shaman camp let them go to a freaking shaman camp that it's okay everyone copes in different ways and this doesn't apply just to sexual assault victims and i think that we all need to kind of remember this it's often that our society and the media tells us to respond in certain ways and they try to control us to be one person But we're not. We're all completely different humans with completely different experiences. Except when we find experiences that we relate to each other on, we create bonds. And those are bonds that will last a lifetime. I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. And thank you for listening to my entire story because I know this was a longer podcast. And Lord knows that alcohol helped me tell it better. But I hope you learned something Whatever your takeaway was, feel free to comment on my last post on Instagram at ITBpodcast. I want to hear your thoughts. You can send me a direct message as well, but I really, really appreciate the feedback. And I hope you have a great day. And stay safe out there because while I'm recording this, it's still COVID and we're still in quarantine, but not for much longer. We can stick through this. Remember to drink your water.